Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Hello and welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast, an authentic conversation between two people sharing and searching and exploring our own thoughts and experiences and finding joy in the most unlikely places, and really opening a space for you to listen and perhaps find something missing in your life or recognizing what's already there or learning and growing along with us. Well, hello to you, Frank. How are you doing? Hi, Lisa. Well, you know, I have uh, been exploring spring in Ann Arbor. And, you know, here in Ann Arbor, we have long winters, long gray winters have been all of a sudden the weather changes and boom. The trees come out, the flowers come out, the weather becomes nice, and that has been a fantastic thing to watch, especially since I'm at home a lot now, so I can watch these things unfold right in front of my eyes. And when you say Ann Arbor, we should clarify Ann Arbor, Michigan, because we know we have listeners all over the world, and so grateful for that. And we would love to hear from you. We are connectors. We want, if you want to email us, uh, let's get that out there right away. Exploringawareness at gmail.com. That's our email address. And we know there's people in Australia and New Zealand and Ireland and all over the world that are listening. And I find that so exciting. Or Myanmar, right? Myanmar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thailand, yeah. Peru. Nice. So email us. We want to hear from you. Exploringawareness at gmail.com, right? Right. And we have the website, too, yeah. that we put up, exploringawareness.org. Right. And we'll go over all that at the end, too, but we wanted to get that out first. So as Frank is saying, it's uh, spring in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and we're in the middle of a pandemic made me feel like we should explain up front that we're not trying to tell you how to feel or how to be because believe me, we understand and know that does not work that way. Frank's been on the quote unquote mindfulness path and a longtime meditator. And honestly, let's, this is an authentic, honest conversation. So Frank has sort of forced my hand a bit in a good way and opened me to, I I read this the other day and I got to get give Ram Dass credit, but opened me to the ocean of love lying within myself. And for that, I'm really grateful. And our last episode was about love. And I knew it was there, but these conversations and this exploring has opened that up to me. And so I I have a lot of of gratitude uh, to you, Frank, for that process and gratitude for you listening. And then so I'm talking to my friend and about joy and love. And I said, I was trying to explain to her joy. I said, I call the place where I want to be and what I want to feel joy. That's my definition of joy. And then it just came to me that it just is and will always be love. So that's a Lisa Berryism, and I don't have to credit Ram Dass for that. So I said, we talk about joy, we talk about love, we try to set an example of how you might find these feelings or words to express them in your life as well. As I mentioned a minute ago, it's a tough time right now with our global health crisis that we're currently in. It is, and someone who isn't happy right now, or someone who's depressed or doesn't Mm. feel love, and sees people that are, you know, it can create some conflicts within them because... If you're thinking that you have to create it in your mind, right, that just creates more problems for you. And so it's like, I can't be happy. And like, how can I be happy in the middle of a pandemic? You know, how can I be happy with all these things happening? And, And certainly there's lots of things happening. But irregardless of what's happening inside, you know, there's 
there's the discovery of the present moment, the discovery of something that's unchangeable within you. And, and, and thank God that it's there and it is accessible to anyone. But, you know, if you're trying to think your way there, you won't do it. And so that's why we're, we're offering this Exploring Awareness podcast. And even mindfulness sometimes can sound like, like you have to sit and be mindful. And that's not, that's not true either, you know, but we can say mindful to, mindfulness techniques can be used to open mm-hmm. up that place. And that place, like we called it last time, um, it's very difficult to describe in words because it's, it's transcendent, you know, it's, it's, it's deeper than words. It's before thought in a way. Mm. So it comes out as the word love, but you know, when there's love and there's joy, you know, when there's joy, there's peace. And uh, you know, when there's love, there's, there's, there's generosity and there's gratitude. And, and healing. Uh, Don't forget we mentioned healing, plus. healing, yeah. wisdom, insight, knowing, you know, all, all of those, we'll call them an ineffable or, you know, undescribable sense of your being. And then words pop out. And then our personalities express those things as well. You know, some people perhaps has a fixed story about themselves, you know, that to be aware of your story is your way out, really. To be aware of your story is the way out. Wow. That's, that's a pretty awesome thought to be aware of your story. And how do you become aware of your story? Mm-hmm. Well, it takes practice. And the way we do it on this podcast is through meditation techniques. Mm-hmm. But you'll find that when people are doing this, they'll realize who they are. And, and they're not their narrative. So your narrative about yourself is not really who you are. Mm-hmm. And that sounds kind of weird. It's like, are you your personality, right? And But your personality changes, but you don't, your in, in, intrinsic self doesn't change. So there's, it's a paradox. He's like, oh yeah, I'm a personality. I'm a, I'm a doctor. I'm a, you know, funny guy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You're a funny, yeah. Yeah, but, but, you know, those are all kind of my traits, Okay. And there's some really interesting, fun exercises that they do at retreats. Like, who are you? Hmm. Uh, you ask each other, who are you? And you just keep saying all of these things and all of these things until you kind of run out. It's like, who am I? You know, and then you start to go a little bit deeper. It's like, who am I? Who am I? And uh, it, it opens up things that aren't so superficial, right? So being, you know, you have a narrative about yourself and you get locked into that and that's fine. That's what happens to people. And I'm not judging people for that, but I am saying there is a way out and that is through being aware of your narrative and not identifying with it. And this is what our 14th podcast. So it hasn't been an easy process for me. Like now I feel good about being open to the ocean of love with lying within myself, but it is also shown me a lot of not so wonderful things about myself and that, that I've learned. And one of them is, is been uh, trying to learn to meditate. And as I said, you've kind of forced my hand in this whole process because that's what we're doing. We're having these conversations. And then I think Frank knows that I'm a pretty free spirit and I'm not a big rules follower and I'm not a big, you mentioned though, the discipline of meditation. 
and and it kind of hit me and you kind of it was kind of tough love and i i just realized the other day was like you kind of put me in time out you just said can you just sit in a chair for (laughs) five minutes sit in a chair for five minutes and did you say don't think or what or just let the thoughts go or what's the i want to yeah so so my yeah my challenge to you and it was we didn't put you in timeout but you put yourself it in time like that yeah the invitation the challenge was to to stop for five mm-hmm. minutes and practice awareness and uh, however that works for you and so one of the techniques we use here you know is to become aware of your breath right. and uh, but just even for five minutes. And, and even if you have to think about it as taking a break from your thoughts, okay, that that's okay with me. The, I, I don't want people to get the idea that that this practice means you don't have thoughts because because your mind, your just like your lungs breathe, your mind thinks, and so to 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 kind of suppress your thoughts would not be great. But let's say you're sitting down quietly and give yourself an opportunity, right, to just just practice awareness and just to do it just make yourself do it for five minutes a day and that okay but i think you need to for first timers or people who haven't listened a lot what does practice awareness mean in this context oh right right and so and to get a lot of detail lots of detail you know you can go back to the earlier episodes but we do talk about being mindful of the breath and and just watching the breath because the breath is always going so so being mind, using this mindfulness of the breath to open up to just being aware of what's happening in the present moment. But, you know, it might be you might want to be aware of some other things, you know, that are happening in the present moment. You know, some people use other, other ways to be aware. Well, you mentioned, you know, it's a beautiful spring time in uh, the Michigan area right now, and we haven't really talked about it, but we are in the middle of a global health crisis, and we are supposed to not be leaving our homes, and I kind of wanted to call this episode Coping with COVID with Calm and Courage, because because of my job, it's constantly in my face what's happening, and I'm always having to announce what's canceled and who's dying, and it's been tough. It's tough to stay calm and, and be courageous and all of this, so when you finally just said sit in a chair for five minutes you and you can do this I thought okay anybody can do that for five minutes so I started doing it and I right now I if it's nice out I sit outside on my deck and I have so many birds here and all of a sudden I thought well you know last week we did a meditation where we focused on counting you know you just and so I thought I'm just going to focus on the bird I'm not going to focus on the birds but instead of counting I'm going to try to let go of all my thoughts and I'm just going to hear the birds and I was aware of the birds. I hope I don't know if that counts as a meditation. It felt <laughs> good, good to me to just sit in the sun and look at this beautiful magnolia tree that I have blooming. But I would close my eyes eventually and and just hear birds. So the birds kind of canceled out my thoughts, and it felt like it helped me be calm. I try to meditate when I wake up in the morning. I try to take little meditation breaks. You know, some people take a coffee break or a smoke break or whatever. I take a meditation break. And I I really feel like it's helped. I really feel like it's just put me more on an even keel and just, I have this baseline of calm, I feel like, because trying to meditate more often during the day. I'm so glad to hear that, Lisa. And it it does take a little discipline, right, to get yourself down. And and the discipline direction, you know, we had this conversation. uh, We texted each other about different words you might use. Right, right, right. 
And I think it's really interesting that you picked nature to be aware of. And, and, and you were being aware of the birds tripping. And I think I remember, you know, we talked about uh, when I was meditating and, I, and my canary was singing. Yeah. Now it's molting now, so it stopped singing. But so when, it, when it was singing, uh, awareness of the, of the bird. And so, and, 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 you know, meditators sometimes use a bell you know, like mm-hmm. a, like a bell and you can become aware of the bell. So that type of sound awareness is exactly what we're talking about. Mm. It doesn't, you know, block out your thoughts, but you're kind of in, when you're in awareness, you're like before thoughts. And so you're just being, you're being present. You're just being uh, right there with what's happening. And in that case, what was happening was the birds. Now, I got a chance to go to a nature conservancy trail up up uh, near Ann Arbor. And out there, there are thousands and thousands of little trillium flowers oh, that, are, yeah, that are covering the forest yeah. floor. Yeah. And, and so I stood there just aware and just, just looking at those flowers and just just a very aware meditative moment there were no other thoughts i was just there with the flowers it was it was so fantastic you know and it it does connect you to that deeper place of calm yeah and like we talked about when when you do it as a meditation it kind of gets you ready for the rest of the day right yeah right that I with like you. It connects you to a deeper place of calm which we could all really use about now and the reason i'm you know, I think I'm, I didn't realize how much I love nature. I didn't realize how much I love being outside. And I, and I think that's what this whole process has done for me. These are components of who I am and I wouldn't call them personality traits. I would call them things that I connect to that bring me joy being outside and being near lakes and being near water and looking at flowers, whether there, I have a big patch of trillium at the end, end of my block we really don't have any choice right now in, in the middle of a, of a pandemic. We, you know, it's either, you know, sit on your couch or go outside and, and be at least six feet away from everybody. So I've chosen to, to be aware of this amazing magnolia tree in my backyard. And I've chosen to, you know, look at this pond by my house and the geese and the ducks and the, and it's just soothing to me. And then to be able to meditate in that place and, and tie that into it, I, I I highly recommend it. If I can do it, if I can get like five, sit down for five minutes and make this happen, then then you can. And I've been and I've been quote unquote meditating for a while, not as many decades as you, but I feel like I've been a meditator. You know, I've been trying for you know several years. Well, it sounds like you're doing a great job right now, and I'm so glad to hear that. And and you're describing like the richness of life that can come when you're present, right? Because right. sometimes you might just walk past it and not even notice. And when you're tuned in, you know, from your practice, then all of a sudden the world just appears so much different. And so you're living life, you know, two, three, four times as more richly yeah. than you would be when you're rushing around. And we are in this great pause we were in this great pause. I, I feel as though we're starting to move out of this great pause, and that has a lot of uh, a lot of concern for me. The, the switch has been flipped, uh-huh. and now we're starting to 
gain momentum toward toward a more normal life. Yeah, I don't know if that's the just because people can't take being in lockdown anymore, or we're we're ready for it medically speaking. Because there's yeah, I think that's still a, a controversial topic. I won't give a medical opinion, but just from a person uh, observing all of this. I'm not sure how much has actually changed uh, medically that would make it okay for everyone to start to go out. And there's this kind of this uh, a paradox, you know, it's like, how do we live in, in a paradox where, where you hear one thing and you hear another thing and they seem opposite. And there's an interesting uh, couple of metaphors that people use for that, that I've always found very interesting. And, and, and these are un answerable questions and one is what happens when an unstoppable bullet hits an impenetrable shield unstoppable bullet hits an impenetrable field or the other one is what happens when a mosquito bites a metal bowl and so what do you do with unanswerable questions like that I'm thinking it's two strong forces that don't mesh. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an impossible question to answer. And mm. so what happens instead is some kind of alchemy, you know, some other, some other solution than what you might think. And so when we're going through this situation where we've got, you know, opposing ideas how are you going to handle that? Because you can't, you, there's no answer one way or another. And so even though the great pause is over or is, is becoming over, there's still the, 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 the great pause within, you know, there's still this opportunity to say what's happening to you in this present moment. And so you're going to be pulled in one way by people saying, you know, get back to work, you're going to be pulled by other people to say it's not safe. And so there's no answer to that question. Except proceed with empathy and compassion. That would be the Lisa Berry way. Yeah, proceed with empathy, compassion, and uh, social distancing, obviously, and masks. But to resolve that within yourself, you know, it's going to have to be resolved in a a place other than your logical mind. It's going to be resolved in your, within your being. In what way? What do you mean? Because you... When you know who you are, when you know yourself at this deeper level, those things don't matter, right? The discovery of this beyond consciousness, beyond thoughts, you know, is the present moment. And so you're going to deal with the present moment as it is. What does it matter? What do you mean? So we're hearing about what can happen in the future. Okay. And we don't really know what's going to happen in the future. I mean, I feel like these days predicting the future gets lots of clicks. Mm. And so we might say, oh, 70% of people are going to get this. This many people are going to die, et cetera, et cetera. You know, other people are saying, well, the economy is falling apart and we have to get the economy back together or more people are going to die. So, you know, there's a lot of opinions out there and we can listen to that all day long. And, and it does matter on, on one on one level, but I'm inviting people to go within and also find out what's true to them. And so this is what we've been talking in the podcast. We were talking about it before the pandemic even, 
and now we're talking about it again. And so it's yet, yet again another invitation to connect to your deeper sense of being calm and purpose and let that be your guide as opposed to all the conflicting things that are happening in the outside world. Can I offer one thing? An Alan Watts speech that I came across that I think might help people. And I'll read it to you quickly. It says, what I am involves what you are. I don't know who I am unless I know who you are. And you don't know who you are unless you know who I am. We are not separate. We define each other. We are all backs and fronts to each other. We in our environment and all of us and each of us are interdependent systems. We know who we are in terms of other people and we all love together. I love that your back is my front. And if we realize that we are all interdependent, then maybe when you're tempted to go out, you're saying you're not going to get the virus. That's not the point. The point is that it's not about you not getting the virus. You may have the virus and not even know it. Yeah. And you might be giving it to somebody else. So if you think that we're all in this together, that we are all one and you're not just thinking about yourself that you can't handle being in the house anymore. Believe me, I, I understand that. But if you realize that, you know, your back is my front and my front is my back and I don't know who I am unless I know who you are because we are all in, you know, you, and that's the catchphrase right now. We are all in this together. I yes. hear that. But it's tr when you think of it in, in these terms and these words that is that's true well and i've always we've talked about this before and i've heard this from other people that this, this whole social this whole kind of shutdown was an expression of love and it's a love for really? other people oh you know by, by following these guidelines and by staying at home and doing the social distancing that's really a sign that you love other people you know and it's mm. it's an example of this collective love that we're all protecting each other from this uh, coronavirus and we're also protecting the healthcare workers and right. other people from having this overwhelming pandemic you know completely overwhelm the healthcare system so, so we all love together we all love together we all live together and mm. you know whether you're aware of it or not that's another story um, you could be aware that this is all an expression of love that we're, and that we're all interconnected. And I think we discussed that at the last episode too, this, our sense of, of humanity and consciousness, we all share, no matter what our differences are. And so, you know, we're all one in one very important way. And you love, your, you love someone else, you're loving yourself. I mean, you have that in religious traditions as well. So I was thinking of the ways that how I'm getting through all of this. One of them is meditation. Am I out of time out yet, or am I still on well, No, this week, this week I'm gonna uh, uh -oh. invite you to do ten minutes oh, boy. a day. I've tried. I, I'm trying. <laughs> the other thing is that I have always called myself a moment saverer. So I have to tell you this story because we can't go anywhere. I sit on my deck and I'm very blessed and grateful to have, have a, a deck and all these birds and, uh, and, and my magnolia tree. That's just magnificent. I just sit there and I look at it and every day it gets, it blooms a little bit more and more. It's just so beautiful. And so I'm grateful for that. And then I have two kids and they came over and one of them potentially possibly exposed so I made him sit outside but at least I had to be with him and I found myself sitting there savoring like I was inhaling them I was just sitting there looking at my two young adult sons and just 
soaking it up so much. I was like breathing them in and breathing Mm. in that moment and so grateful that we were all there and hopefully healthy and having that time. So that helps me cope too, to just, I'm like, the kids are over and it's kind of getting cold and they want to come in and nope, you're not coming in and you're not bringing your germs to my house. I didn't, I tried not to be aware of it. I just tried to just sit there and go, oh, I'm just soaking it in. And these are the loves of my life and they're sitting here and I get to be with them and we're okay. And I was just really savoring the moment. That's good because I know you've been worried about one of your sons. Yeah, being yeah. That's great. Yeah. So just to be there and, you know, and, and I know people, if you're listening and you have little kids and you, you don't even get a moment to yourself, it goes by really fast. I'm just here to tell you, I, re- I hadn't really been with them for probably six weeks. So just to be there and I was just in that moment and just really savoring it and filling up my heart was like filling up my heart, you know, like filling up, like when you have a water shortage and you fill up the bathtub with water, I kind of was doing that, you know, it was. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. And that, you know, and and for young parents, especially, like you said, that goes by quickly, but boy, you know, about cultivating this sense of love that's not conditional, you know, and when, when the outside world doesn't, affect you as much you know then you can really savor those moments so much more even the stressful ones right and i don't think it hurts to go over since we're all at home with each other to go over one more time responding versus reacting Mm -hmm. that is a concept that i think you really drove home for me and i can we go over that one more time well it kind of has to do with what you just said doesn't it when you were savoring the moment you know you were really present with them and connected to that sense of love and gratitude and generosity right. and joy. And so you're, you know, you were, you were responding in your own way to that. I think that in life, we have lots of habitual ways that we might react to something. So when I say reaction, it's often kind of a, a, a instantaneous kind of, non-thinking, habitual, um, and sometimes not helpful Mm. reaction to what's happening. And so let's say someone, you know, has got that music on really loud and you just like snap and say, turn that music down, you know, that's some kind of reaction. Um, It's just a, uh, it's just so... It's just habitual and spontaneous, and it may not be how you want to act, especially if there's more anger shared or you know physical things happen. And frequently people, after they react, they have some remorse for that too, you know, especially if the reaction is severe. But you know, that, that's, that's built in. It's part of your instincts it's probably part of how you were brought up and all those kind of reactions are happening without your intention perhaps and responding is different because it isn't unthinking it isn't just uh, a re- it isn't habitual so to respond though you have to have some space in between what's triggering a potential reaction and then what you do afterwards. Okay, but how can you 
do this, how can you get to that place where you know to respond versus react up front so there's no apology necessary? Exactly. Exactly. How do you get to that spot? You have to, first of all, be patient and compassionate with yourself because it it takes a little bit of time. And because this is a meditation kind of exploring awareness um, podcast, my recommendation is going to be to start with your five minutes a day of sitting and finding that place that would allow you to respond. Because you can't force yourself not to react. But when you approach the situation differently, then what happens is going to be different. Right, So I can't tell you don't react. That would be like a top-down approach. But I could say to you, what if you practiced connecting to your inner calm? And then when you walk out and everything is going chaos, you just stand there and say, what's going on? Instead of like getting into the chaos and whatever, you know, reacting. So there's, there's different ways to do it, but you have to enter the situation differently. That's amazing advice, don't you think, if we're, especially now, everything we're going through? Yeah, well, that's what we've been talking about, and that's a great way to, to say it, connecting yeah. to your inner calm, because we did talk about you know faith again. I'd like to really encourage everyone to have faith that that is possible. Because you might not think it. Lots of people don't think that's possible. It's like, oh my gosh, no, I'm, I'm all over the place. That's the narrative. Inner calm is there. It's in every human being, no matter what. No matter what, what, what. It's there. Jail, hospital, sick, whatever. It's always there. But it's best to connect to it before you know, you're in a difficult situation. It's harder to connect. But, but sometimes when you're in a difficult position, then you're forced to connect to that. It, it's a choice, like you made, to start sitting. <laughs> That's a choice. And then these things unfold, just like you so beautifully said. You know, we've been doing this for 14 episodes, and you are beginning to move around a little differently. You're appreciating things a little differently. You know, it's an organic change. It's Mm. the way you show up in the world is changing. Mm. And so the way you'll show up in a situation in the past where you would have reacted, now you respond. And and I I know exactly what that's like because I've had three little kids, and I reacted a lot. And as I practiced more and more, I responded a lot, and it shifted. And first, there was just a little space in between the stimulus and the reaction, and then it got bigger and bigger. And once the space was bigger, then I could respond instead of react. And what made the space bigger? The practicing the meditation. You know, I'm carrying a bigger space of calm with me. You know, I got to know it through the meditation practice. It's like, oh, it's that, it's that. You, you do this as your pilot project, as we called it. You learn that place. And then when you're out in the world, you carry it with you. And you move in the world differently. And you start to see things differently. And you interact with people differently. And it may be more authentic. It may be, instead of walking around judging people, dismissing people, evaluating people, you walk around with love and joy and peace and people feel that you know it's just a very different way of being in the world 
and it might be more comfortable. It might feel more authentic. It might feel more real to be connected to that place instead of, you know, doing like your mother did and say, well, look at that person or, you know, that person's not moving fast enough or, you know, whatever your the chatter in your mind might be saying that you learned from your parents or whatever, you know, it's like, wait a minute, that's not me, me. I'm just, I'm, I'm just here in the present moment. And so whatever's happening, we'll, we'll deal with it. But no judgment, no dismissal, no evaluation. I mean, surely you'll have to evaluate your projects or you know, situations, but, but just to walk around like with your mind constantly going and evaluating, planning and all that, it, it clouds over your inner calm. What you said just made me so happy. And if oh, I was good. just home listening to this podcast, I would, I'm like, stop. I'm going to rewind five minutes and I'm going to go listen to exactly what you said over and over and over again. And oh, good. Connecting to your inner calm and, and, and by meditating, you create that space and then, oh, that was, was great. About, thank you. That was amazing. Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah, you connect to that. So we'll keep practicing that, you know, yeah, and yeah. and that is awareness. That's that's connecting to that deeper place. Yeah. So well, so now that I've praised you, I can challenge you. <laughs> okay. Last time you talked about good. equanimity. Yes. And so I'm talking to my kids about that because, you know, we're outside and we're all, that's all anyone talks about is the challenges of the pandemic and how are you getting through it? And I said, well, Dr. Frank Anderson says that you should use <laughs> smart young adult children. And they're like, equanimity? I've never heard that word before. I thought, oh. so where does that word come from? And what do I tell them next time? Well, Dr. Frank Anderson doesn't say you should practice equanimity. Right, well, 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 right. Uh, but um, I would invite people to discover their own sense of equanimity. Now, he doesn't know what equanimity is. There was a Dr. William Osler. Now, he didn't invent this word, but, but he made it famous in the medical profession. Um, he used the Latin word equanimitas. So that's the Latin word for equanimity. And he called it a place of, of a cool and quiet sense of stillness, mm. you know, that we all can attain. Now, he didn't actually tell people how to attain it. He actually a little bit of a top-down approach. You know, it describes one of these ineffable places like love and joy and mm. peace that it's, it's a little bit hard to explain, you know, when you, but when you experience it, you're like, oh, that, that actually makes sense. It looks like calm amid the storm. Mm. You know, it looks like stability amongst the unstable. It looks like you know, finding peace and joy in the most unlikely places. So when you say someone has equanimity, they just, it's not that they don't have a personality and not that they're a lot of fun, but there's this stability about them. Hmm. There is a solidness about them. There's an unflappability about them. You know, that someone with equanimity you could rely on, you know, in a time of crisis. That person hmm. isn't going to be 
pulled around by the emotions. And I'm sure that your son, as a medical resident, has equanimity. And we talked about the person in the hospital when they might be having to save someone's life, you know, with CPR and drugs. Well, that person who's guiding that whole process is just solid, stable, thoughtful, clear. That's equanimity. And is that part of your personality or is that something you can uncover? No, that's part of your inherent nature. And no matter what your brain might tell you, everyone has that in, within them. I have no question about that at all. So how do we get there? The same way we do all of <laughs> We practice our meditation and we can do an equanimity meditation. Yeah, that'd be great. So, so practicing meditation, I think yoga would, would be a nice way to experience really? equanimity. Have you ever done yoga? I've done yoga. Do you do yoga? Not, not very often. I have enjoyed it. It, it, it's not the most flexible person in the world. It, you know, when you're in these painful positions, you got to have equanimity or else you're going to straighten <laughs> out. I, well, the ones I've done are been, been like, I, I don't know if it's yin or yang, or it's like a thoughtful meditation though. Like you get in this position and like people will cry while doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That does, it releases some emotional uh, tension too, but equanimity, I think there's a lot of ways to, to get to it. But in our case, we're talking about meditation as a pilot project, and we're using the word equanimity right now, but that to connect to inner calm. You know, inner calm is equanimity, and it is one component of that multi-word description of, of kind of that authentic self. And, and you know, love is a word we use a lot, right? right. And joy and peace. And again, it's all these different words that are used to describe something that's not describable. And the part that's not describable, that's before thinking. And so since we can't think that, we'll have to do something else. And the other something else will be meditation. And so we can do that. Would you like to do that now? Perfect. Yes, let's, please. Get yourself in a position in your chair where you feel comfortable and you have your feet on the ground and you have your hands in a comfortable position on your lap, perhaps, with your fingers crossed. And again, so we're starting our practice, our meditation practice. And you know, we're going to be getting ourselves in the present moment. So one nice thing is to look around the room and see where you are. Now. Just pay attention to the walls and the ceiling and the floor, you know, and then zero in on where you are in your chair. So kind of bringing your, your awareness to yourself in a chair and then with your back straight, and I would recommend closing your eyes. And as we always say, if you're driving, pull over or listen to this part later. Don't drive with your eyes closed. Right. <laughs> um, so settling into your chair, and, and if you'd like to close your eyes all the way or three quarters of the way, that's all. Fine. 
And so we'll set an intention here. And we're going to explore awareness. And we're going to explore equanimity. And we'll start as we usually do by discovering the breath. And there it is. And so we're kind of bringing into this awareness the, the fact of the present moment that your body is bringing in air and blowing out air. And your brain could say, well, of course it does that. But I'm asking you to be mindful of it, to be aware of it. So mindfulness of the breath. Feeling the air come in through your nose. Filling your lungs. Up to a certain point and then reversing. And so before you were breathing unconsciously, and now you're breathing consciously. Before you were sitting unconsciously, and now we're sitting consciously. So let's just do a quick body scan, feeling your feet on the floor. And moving up your legs, bending your knee. 
hips and thighs. Moving up the torso. Feeling your abdomen, your back, the chest, your shoulders. Being aware of your hands, your lower arms and elbows, upper arms. Being aware of your body below your head. To stop there to just appreciate the absolute miracle complex creation that this body is. And if you have pain in your body, in certain places, what is it like to be just aware of the pain and by the be there? Does that make it worse or better? What does awareness do to any pain in your body? And it will move up then the back of the head, top of the head, around the ears forehead and all the muscles around your face and nose and mouth. And in your head then your brain and just like we were aware of breath let's be aware of the brain and just like the lungs and breath breathes. Your mind is creating all kinds of thoughts. 
and it's programmed to react to fear, react to being startled, reacting to threats, reacting to hunger, reacting And in a lot of times, that's, that's very appropriate and very normal. But maybe you can think of a time when you reacted and you regretted it. Maybe you wish you hadn't have done that. What was it that caused that reaction? And how did that make you feel? And how would you like to handle a similar situation in the future? So bring all of those thoughts into your awareness. Just like your breath, just like your body. may be pains in your body and misalignments in your body. Your breath may be going at different speeds. Your mind might be racing or calm, but there's this awareness that's holding all of it. And if you get thoughts, just be aware of those thoughts. And see if there's a space between the thought, the awareness of the thought. And see if that space could, if this resonates with you, that it's before thought. As if you're just sitting on the edge of a cliff, watching. 
the birds go by. You're just before the thought. And so this place before thoughts, what is that place like? just a place of space of of calm of peace and maybe you feel it and you could call that equanimity place that isn't affected by thoughts and habits and reactions. So the whole space that's there. And it's discovered by being aware of your thoughts like you are aware of your breath. Maybe if by becoming familiar with this space, at least some relief from being trapped in your thoughts, the place before thoughts, maybe that will bring you a huge sense of relief and joy. might release all your negative thinking and judgment and just let love be the guide. So peace and equanimity similar joy and love and generosity. Before thought, just there. In the awareness place so that the thoughts are just out there, swirling around like a hurricane you are on the outside of it watching from this place of equanimity. And no matter what's going on, everyone has the opportunity to take this stance 
being in this present moment. If you're in the hospital, if you're in a difficult situation, if you're in jail, this doesn't go away, it just might be clouded over thicker. But practicing this, over and over, being mindful of your breath, mindful of your body, mindful of emotions, mindful of thoughts. Identify with awareness. Uncover your own sense of equanimity. Cultivate it, learn it, become familiar with it. And then see what happens the rest of your day. So now we'll close. As usual, just take three deep breaths and then open your eyes. Are your eyes open, Lisa? My eyes are open. There they are. Have you ever been uh, in a pool, on a raft, and you just get yes. leave floating? That's kind of what it felt like to me, just relaxing and floating Good. on a raft on the top of the water, which I think is a, a feeling we could all really use about now. So thank you for that. So does, do you understand equanimity, or do you think your kids will understand it now? <laughs> Um, yeah, they looked it up. They, I, it just surprised me because it's a word I have heard of and I was familiar with. And, but as I, you know, I'm kind of into this kind of thing and they weren't. So I don't know okay. how much it's in the, you know, out there and people have heard of it. So I thought it was worth going back over and explaining it to people who maybe it's not a word that they use every day or hear every day. Right, right. Well, I hope they experience it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And if you did, and if you want to reach out and uh, give us uh, some feedback or some, hear about something you might want us to talk about, you can email us at exploringawareness at gmail.com. Check out our webpage, uh, exploringawareness.org. Or on Instagram. Have you looked at our Instagram page? Uh, yeah, I have. It's did fun. <laughs> yeah. Exploring A couple awareness. days ago, exploring awareness. Underscore podcast. 
Twitter at Explore Aware. At Explore Aware. All right. Yeah, we always we put try to put episodes there. You know, we put them everywhere. There should they be. go to YouTube as well. You know. Yeah. Right. 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 The audio recordings go to YouTube. Yeah, definitely. But again, email us. I want to hear from you. Exploringawareness at gmail dot com. I feel like I'm begging people, but it's just fun when we look at the stats and we see who's listening all over the world. It would just be fun to hear from. Yeah. Someone. Yeah. We'll answer listener questions. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Episode number fourteen. Grateful for your wise words. Peaceful meditation. Thank you, Lisa. It's just fantastic having these conversations with you. And I know that so many people are are understanding these ideas through this conversation. So I am super excited that we're able to continue to explore awareness like this. Thanks for listening. Stay well, everybody. See you soon. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.